You know, today we hear uh, a, a rather significantly, uh, a rather consistent theme from the uh, first reading from the book of Kings and the gospel from the gospel of Mark about two widows. And what this entire uh, scriptural outlay is meant to inspire in our hearts is the concept of trusting in God. I don't know if, if, if you're like me, but I have a lot of friends who, who say things like this. Life is hard. Life is too hard. There, there are too many tragedies in the world. There's too many things that happen that I can't justify how a God would allow something like that to happen. And therein, because a God, a supposed God, would allow such tragedy to happen to humankind, I cannot believe in that kind of God. We hear this. This concept of any deity that would allow tragedy, difficulty, or death to come upon the earth is a God that we should not follow. Because who could be so cruel? My brothers and sisters, I don't know what faith that they have or what God they are referring to, but I want to go out of my way to point out they are not talking about God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ the Son of God. They're talking about a God conjured in their own minds, in their own manner, so that they can think of God as someone who makes all things okay. It's so common in Christian churches worldwide today for preachers like myself to come up and preach a thing called success theology. You follow our Lord Jesus Christ and God the, the, the Father and the Son and all will be well. If you ask for it, you will have it. All will be well. Well, my brothers and sisters, that's not the Christian faith. I don't know what they're preaching about, but they're not talking about this man. How well did he do? This is what we are supposed to do. That's not success theology. What we hear in the, in the Gospels and in the readings today is exactly the right format, the exact right understanding of who this God is that we worship and love and what he expects of us and what we should expect from him. So, for instance, let's take a look at the very first reading. The first reading is... Elijah, a prophet of God, a reluctant prophet of God, a person who he thinks that God has been asking an awful lot of him and doesn't really believe that he can sustain himself in this request that he is constantly getting from the Father. So he, God the Father sends him away, sends him away to rest and to recover. And so where does he send him? He sends this exhausted prophet of himself to a widow in a desert who's starving to death. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Counterintuitive. Whenever it's counterintuitive, <laughs> we must be talking about God. And so what does he do? He sends him, to, sends him to this widow. And what is a widow in the time of Christ, or even in the time before Christ when this scripture was written? A widow is a person without means, who has no income, has no husband to protect, very little shelter, if any, and if it's not for a son or an uncle or a brother, they have nothing. They are generally destitute, and in many cases, homeless. So how does Elijah meet this gal? He meets this poor widow in the middle of a famine. 
And as you read so well, where did you go? As you read so well in the first reading, she, she says to Elijah, I have nothing. I have nothing. In fact, I have so little that I am about to go make a, some bread and me and my son will eat it and afterwards we will die because we are hopeless, we are out of food, the drought, the tragedy of drought will kill us. And Elijah, because he is a prophet, says to her, bring me some water. And she does. He says, make me a little cake. Go and make bread for you and your son. But beforehand, before you serve yourself, bring me a little cake. And because she was hopeless, and because she had no other way to react other than to possibly suggest that this prophet had some wisdom about him, she goes and she does this. What happens? Bingo! Her jar of flour and her jar of oil never run out for all of the year of famine that is left, and she is sustained. She is given just enough because of her belief and trust in God, because she acted for the prophet Elijah at his promise. She was given what she needed to sustain herself in life. Look at these two characters. A guy who's exhausted and wants to quit is sent to a widow with nothing so that the two of them can heal each other. Doesn't that just sound like our God? That's the God that we worship. And if we look at this, the gospel, once again, we see a scene of a widow. What is the widow doing? The widow is putting in her contribution to the temple. She puts in just two little brass coins or copper coins. And they, the, Jesus is so impressed by this because of the contrast that's going on in this beautiful gospel. There's these scribes who are all very important and greatly wise and unbelievably revered and always have the high places. They got power. They got influence. They have everything they need in life. They are comfortable, very comfortable, right? And so Jesus sees this scene of the scribes walking around looking all important and being all holy and allegedly being the example of God the Father, Yahweh, and he is sickened by this. So he points out to his disciples, look at the difference here. This widow with nothing gives everything she has, her entire livelihood, to God because she trusts fully in God. That is what he is calling you and I to do. So as we have difficulties, look, life is difficult. There are great joys in life, the birth of a child, a wedding of a son or a daughter, great, a new job that goes extremely well. There are great joys. In fact, there are far more joys in this world that we live than there are tragedies and despondency. But there are those things. Young children do pass before their time people accidentally die. Things happen. We, these kind of things happen and it shakes our faith. It's not shaking the faith of Christianity. It's shaking our faith, which isn't Christian. Because if we, if we had a Christian faith, myself first in line, if we had a Christian faith, we would trust God and know that the whole purpose of us being here is to be formed, to be created like his son, 
so that we might return to him the Father. And I don't know about you, every time I was growing up, my parents found it a lot more effective when I had done something bad to give me adversity in my life rather than pat me on the head and tell me I was a good boy. That adversity formed me very quickly, and it forms all of us to die to ourselves, to understand we have no control, and to give everything to the Lord God in heaven so that he will sustain us. My brothers and sisters, you and I, the very life we live today, the balance of this Sunday, is meant to be given to those people around us, looking for an opportunity to be like the widows in this, today's Gospels and the today's readings, to be that person who is rooted and founded correctly and understands that God will always give us what we need at the time we need it. He will always put people in our path to help us and to nurture us and to support us to get us through because God's goal is for us to return to him in heaven not for us to have all of our problems and issues wiped away so may we this week as we go forward for the balance of this week before we come again in Sunday liturgy next week may we remember this and may we convey this truth of Christianity to anyone who, who might ask Anyone who might put forth an issue or a problem, look for a way that you or I could sustain them, just like the widow sustained Elijah. For God uses us to be his hands and to be his words and to be his loving, healing touch. My brothers and sisters, let's go do this. Let's go live and let's go proclaim the true gospel of Christianity. May God continue to bless you.